Well, I tell you what, I am honored to be here this morning. Um, the first thing I look for when I go anywhere is how high is the pulpit. I sort of a private joke at our association, me being short and all our preachers are real tall. But I want to tell you, I love this build. Man, what a beautiful church building that you have here. What an awesome, awesome music uh, program you have here also. And uh, just praise the Lord for that. I was blessed. If the preaching's half as good as the music this morning, uh, then we'll have a great time, won't we? But I want to tell you, I love your uh, pastor, Brother Sammy Taylor. Hadn't known him all that long. I've heard of him over the years, but uh, just got to know him when I came to Lawrence County. And now I've met his son, Kyle. And I appreciate uh, him so very much giving me the opportunity to fill this great pulpit. I want to tell you something. Uh, Brother Sammy loves the Lord. <laughs> Brother Sammy's done just a tremendous job over the years, and, and I praise the Lord for what he's doing here right now. And, uh, you know, I know you've been through a lot over the years uh, when the tornado came, and he came and gave a word of testimony about that, and, boy, it was moving. And I know uh, God honored your faith and his faith, and you can see that by what has happened here so far. So take your Bibles this morning, turn to uh, Luke chapter 7 and verse 11. Luke chapter 7 and verse 11 and following to verse 17. Very familiar story that we have in Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel chapter 7 verses 11 through 17. And it came to pass the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when they came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and, was, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the briar, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up, began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. There came fear on all, and they all glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen among us, and that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, now you would honor your word. Father, may the folks see you and hear you and not see me or hear me, but may they hear you speak, Lord, through your word. Thank you, Lord, for this church, for Brother Sammy. And I pray, God, your blessings upon them. In Jesus' sweet name I do pray. Amen. Many years ago, I had the great opportunity to go hear Bob Dole. I was not interested necessarily in the politics of the thing, but I was interested in Bob Dole because he was running for president at that time, I think, uh, against Bill Clinton. So that was back in the 90s. And so Bob Dole and his wife were coming to the Civic Center in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I wasn't interested in the politics, but I was interested in Bob Dole. See, my father and my mother both were uh, World War II veterans. My uncles were World War II veterans. My daddy served in Europe. My mother served in India. 
And so I was interested in Bob Dole because I had heard about Bob Dole and all his, what happened to him in the Second World War and how uh, he was nearly killed in battle. He received a Purple Heart, a Silver Star. He served with the 10th Mountain Division. And so I was very interested in uh, hearing Bob Dole speak. And so we went, we heard Bob Dole speak. And it was a good speech, and I think his wife spoke for a little while, and I never thought when I went that I would have an encounter or get to meet Bob Dole and get to meet his wife. And so we went outside, and a preacher friend of mine, a buddy that we went to school with, uh, seminary together with, and known him just years and years, he said, hey, they're going to rope off this area outside, and we may get to shake Bob Dole and Elizabeth Dole's hand. And so we went outside the uh, Civic Center, and sure enough, they had it roped up, and us being like we are, you know, not shy, not bashful, we run to the, the area where the rope was, and we stood there, and in a few minutes, a crowd of people uh, came, and I don't know, probably 30, 40, 45 minutes, whatever it was, here came Bob Dole, surrounded by Secret Service, and Elizabeth Dole, his wife, uh, surrounded by Secret Service, and they're coming down the line, and they're shaking hands, and he reaches out, and I shake his hand, and he speaks to us real nice, and I was wanting to talk a little more to him, but he moved on. But I never thought that morning I would encounter Bob Dole. Well, his wife shook her hand. She took about 20 steps away from us, turned around and looked at us and said, What do you all do for a living? And I said, I am a Southern Baptist preacher from Cordova, Alabama. Don't hold that against me, Cordova. And my friend told where he was from, and so she turned around and she started talking to us and give us her, she gave us her testimony and we told, us, told her about what the Lord had done through us. And we stood there for a few moments and I thought, man, I never thought that we would have an encounter with Bob Dole and Elizabeth Dole. And man, I was just excited. And we left there, started to walk away. And some news report, I don't remember it was, it was a female, took the microphone and stuck it in my face and said, what would y'all talk about? I wanted to say none of your business. But I was so enamored with the encounter. The Apostle Paul is headed down the road to Damascus. The Bible records in Acts chapter 9 that he's headed down the road uh, to Damascus and he's wanting to kill the Christians. He had probably killed a lot of them and uh, he stood at the feet of Stephen while he was stoned to death and he had letters to go to Damascus to bind the Christians and to take them to jail and on the way to Damascus, think of this, on the way to Damascus, he met the Lord and the Lord saved him and called him and, and uh, put him in, in the ministry and just think, I don't think Paul ever thought, Saul at that time, I don't think he ever thought that he would have an encounter with the Lord. He was the Jew of Jews. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. And I don't believe he ever thought that he would have an encounter with the Lord. But he had one. And I'm sure, <laughs> uh, pretty sure that Ananias, when God spoke to Paul and said, go down to the house of Ananias, there's a man waiting on you there. I'm pretty sure that Ananias never thought because he said, Lord, when the Lord came to Ananias and told him what he wanted, Ananias said, Lord, I've heard a lot of things about this man and how he's been mean and persecuted the believers. And the Lord says, yeah, but he's coming down here. And I guarantee you that when, Saul, when Ananias got up that morning and when Saul got up that morning, 
They never expected to encounter the Lord. Well, I want to look at a story of a lady probably this morning who probably never expected to encounter the Lord. And I want us to look at these verses, very familiar uh, verses, if you would, uh, starting in verse 11. I want us to look, first of all, at this lady and the misery of this woman. Think about the misery. The, the Bible says uh, she was in pain. The Bible says that a dead man was carried out. He was physically dead and basically had no hope. When we see somebody that is physically dead, we think a lot of time, well, there's no hope. They're put in the ground, the body's put in the ground, and if they're born again, they go home to be with the Lord. But here was this man, a dead man. The woman was in misery. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men. It is an appointment that we all will keep, every individual in this room, whether it be 20 years, 30 years, 40, 50, 90, or 110 years, Every person in under the sound of my voice, including me, one day is an appointment unto us to die, and after that, the judgment. And so look at the misery of the woman. The, uh, the, the Bible says the son was dead. Death's a reality. All die a physical death unless the rapture of the church takes place before we die. Now, I used to say years ago when I was a young preacher, I used to say, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. I'm looking for the Lord to just rapture me out of here and bypass that thing called death. So the son is dead. We're all going to die physically. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall me all be made alive. Isn't that good? Everybody knows the Lord. Everybody's born again. Everybody that, that is born by uh, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ will be made alive again if they have put their faith in Jesus. But the need of the woman was her son was dead. He was dead. She's in misery. She's mourning. But listen also in verse 12, something else about it. He was the only son. Verse 12 says the only son. Other versions say the only child. She doesn't have another child. Just this one child. This child is dead. She's broken hearted. The woman is with a bunch of other folks carrying her only son. He's dead out to put him in the graveyard and she's in misery. The only son. The pain must have been more than she could probably bear. I remember years ago, pastor in about 19, I don't know, 1980, 70 nine or eight, I was pastoring a Baptist church, and I'll never forget, we had this young couple in our church, I don't remember their name, but they had joined the church, and, and she was uh, going to have a child in a few months, and, and so the time came, and she, she had the child, and I went to the hospital, and I visited them, visited the child, and all that, and then one, one day I'm in the office, and the phone rings. And I go to the phone, and I answer the phone. We didn't have a secretary at that time, and there was somebody told me, said this lady's child had died at home. Crib death. Man, I went there. By the time I got there, the, the son and, I mean, the husband and her were there in the bedroom. The, the, the law was there. The, the coroner was there. Everybody was there, and she was just nearly screaming. She was 
She was in misery, and I'll never forget going out to the graveyard. And I'm sure as long as Brother Sammy's been, been here, he's, he's buried a lot of folks around here. I'm, I'm sure of that. And you go there, and you see the hurting and the misery and the heartache. And here was this young couple who had so many hopes and, and uh, wants for that child, and now they had, to, they had to put that child in the ground. And I think about the misery. That was their only child at that time. But notice something else in verse 12. She was a widow. Not only had she lost her son or her husband somehow or another, he was gone, he was dead. All the misery and the pain that she had went through. But the Bible says that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. She is a widow. It was her only son. But notice something else. Verse 12. Evidently, and I didn't know when I was working on this message and the Lord laid this message on my heart, I didn't know how to phrase this. She was important. Or he was important because the Bible said much crowd had gathered. Look, uh, much people were with her. Many were there. Many were there. We used to have an old uh, funeral director out in Walker County, Fred Burke. Fred, uh, dead and gone to be with the Lord, but Fred was funeral director out there at Collins Burke. And all the time, uh, when I was pastoring there, I would go and go in and I'd say, Fred, you got any good jokes I can tell? Or Fred, you got any good stories I can tell? And I'll never forget one evening going in and I was having a funeral and I went into this office and I said, Brother Fred, I said, you got any good stories I can tell? He said, yeah, we." We got this nosy lady on the corner right here close to the, to the funeral home. And the other night we had a funeral of this lady and there were folks everywhere, everywhere. And she called. And she said, Brother Fred, I notice there's a lot of people down there at your funeral home. Is it somebody important? Fred said, hey, everybody I get down here is important and hung up. Folks, I want, to know, I want you to know this morning, you walked in this room this morning, in this building this morning, I want you to know that every life and every death and every individual walks in here this morning that's sitting on, on these chairs, every one of you are important to the Lord Jesus. Every one of you Jesus died for. He walked up the De La Villa Rosa and died on the cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins and the sins of the entire world. He was placed in an empty tomb and arose the third day. And I want to tell you, that's how important you are to him. To him. Well, the misery of the lady. But look at the message of the Lord, verse 13. Notice what Jesus sometimes uh, uh, Jesus has, most of the time, he has this characteristic that you, and, that you and me need to have. He had compassion on her. You see that word a lot of times in the word when you see Jesus. He had compassion, Matthew 14 and 14. And Jesus went forth, saw the great multitude, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. I want to ask you this morning, are you moved with compassion for those who are sick, or you move with compassion for those who are lost. But the Bible says that he had compassion on them. He was moved with compassion. We need to have more compassion. Amen?
Compassion for the lost. You see, the lost that don't know, they don't know the Lord, they're dying and going to hell, going to spend eternity away from God. Your neighbors, our friends, our associates that don't know Jesus, you may bump and rub shoulders with them every day, and if they don't know the Lord because they just sung a song, John 14 and 6, I am the way, I like that, puts a definite article in front of, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man, you can put one there, go to the Father, but by me. When you have compassion, the phrase said, he was moved with compassion, compassion for the lost. Ephesians 4, 32 says, and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, or compassionate, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be compassionate. His message is one of compassion, but know something else. In verse 13, he preaches a very short message. Now I've been places, I, I think I should have preached a shorter message. <laughs> but Jesus said, weep not. What he said, weep not. There's the message. Weep. It means to weep aloud, expressing uncontrollable, audible, yet she's weeping, she's crying profusely. That's what the word means there. She's crying, she's tore up. Her only son, she's in misery. And the message that Jesus says to her is weep not. Hmm. Jesus, in John eleven thirty five. The Bible says he wept. means he's silently shedding tears, not like this lady was doing when he came to the tomb of Lazarus. But his message to her was weep not. Weep not. Don't cry. Joy comes in the morning. Joy If you know the Lord, you, you don't have to weep because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord according to the Apostle Paul in the Word of God. Amen? Not only do you see the misery of the lady and the message of Jesus, but look at the miracle. I love this. This is the like the fellow told me one time, the shouting part of this whole verses right here. Verses 14 through 17, the miracle of she received. The procession is headed to the graveyard. Think about it. So the man has been wrapped in typical Jewish wrap and spices and the Bible says that Jesus approaches and he touches the briar. That's the coffin. Now I've been to Israel several times, many times over the years and they bury him immediately. That's that's their tradition, Jewish tradition. And so Jesus touches the, the briar, the open coffin and he touches it and the men are there. And we learn something very important from this verse. Don't you notice? He's a young man. Jesus said, young man. We don't know how old he was. We don't know how young he was. But Jesus called him a young man. Young, maybe in the prime of his life. He died. It always hurts when someone in the prime of their life dies. Hurts. Prime of their life. Young man. Notice he's dead. Verse 14 and 15. Wow. Dead. Look at verse 14 and 15. And he came and touched the briar and said, 
And they that bare him stood still, and he said, Young man, wow, he's dead. Last church I pastored, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, First Baptist Church, Cedar Bluff, had a great couple in, in, the, in the church. They're just great folks. They came from another denomination. And um, so they were just great people. And we, we, would, we would go eat with them. They were health nuts. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all see them? I'm more of a bean and t- potatoes guy. I'm southern to the core. I love the beans, taters, and collards, and, and all that stuff. But you go to their house, and you get a, a three-ounce baked chicken. You get broccoli on the side. You get Weight Watchers, uh, Weight Watchers uh, cake. I went over many times, many times, and ate with him. He walked three or four miles a day. I went over many times and ate with him and, and, uh, and get through eating. And I'd tell my lovely wife, I'd say, Honey, we get in the car and out of earshot. I said, Let's go to Burger King. <laughs> I needed me some fat or something. I don't know. She called me one day. I was out doing visitation. She called me one day, nearly screaming in the phone. She said, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. She said, I need you. And I went to the house. And she told me, said, in just, just a few minutes, I... Walked to the mailbox and I came back. He was on the phone with his brother. And he passed away. He was laying on the floor. I had to step over him. Now some of the parts of the ministry was tough. Go in there and comfort her and pray for her. But he went home to be with the Lord. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, you know, Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live and listen to this. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He ain't going to die. No. They may take your body. Jesus cares so much about you. They may take your body, my body, out there in that graveyard. I did see a graveyard, didn't I? Okay. Out in that graveyard. They may carry you out in that graveyard, but I want you to know they may carry your body, but you go home to be with the Lord. And then at the rapture, you get that glorified, that new body, that completely new body. My wife's going to get that new body. She's disabled, but she's going to get that new body This Jesus is going to give her. Amen? The miracle. Now watch her miracle, and I'll be through. And this is the shouting part. (laughs) Notice this. He delivered him. He touches the young man. Raises him from the dead. Wouldn't you like to have been there? And notice he delivers him to his mother. The Bible doesn't say this. We were in Israel one time. Went through that little bitty village called Nain insignificant village called Nain. And, but think about this. The Bible doesn't say it, but can, I just can picture it in my mind. Here's this young man, and Jesus touches him. 
and raises him up and delivers him to his mother. Can you imagine all over that town? Now, I may be wrong, but can you not imagine all over that town she went to hollering and shouting and praising God and saying he was dead, but now he's alive. He was gone. I want you to know, but a man from Galilee passed through here, and he is alive. I want to ask you this morning, have you had an encounter with Jesus? Have you met the Lord? Have you had that encounter with Jesus? Have you called on everybody that walked in this room, including me, everybody that walked in this room had a need of some kind. Whether it's to get closer to the Lord, whether it's salvation, whether it's to be more faithful, you know, I see a problem today, and I'm just going to mention this at the end. People want to come and go and not get involved in, in discipleship, not get involved in training how they can lead others to the Lord. Maybe some of you are like that this morning. Maybe some of you have never trusted the Lord. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Isn't that good? Eternal life that Jesus gives, that He gives. He alone can give eternal life. He alone. For by grace you saved through faith and not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now we're saved to work. But what is your need this morning? I mean, you can have an encounter as Jesus passes through these aisles this morning, as the Holy Spirit passes through these aisles this morning. You can have an encounter with the Lord. He can be real to you. You need that this morning. Let's stand at our feet, bow our heads as Kyle comes and I'm going to say a quick prayer and then turn it over to him and the, the invitation this morning, whatever your need is, whatever it is, you feel free to come. You feel free to come. Maybe come pray, rededicate your life, join the church, salvation, whatever it is, you come. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this church. I pray, God, that you would speak, that you would move as only you can that all glory and all honor and all praise goes to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.